0: Hey, I have a brother that agrees with me. So I can't I can't be somebody I'm not and <laughs> and we will not tell stories cuz they could tell stories on me. So we won't go there and we'll just behave on that part. We'll share later with them. They can <laughs> we can reminisce. Amongst us later, uh, but good years and I'm thankful for good friends over the years and be able to stop by and see them and be with you all and we're going to share our burden with you tonight. It's been an honor to be a missionary. It's a good life. It is an awesome life. I have seen God do so many awesome things, very rewarding life and we're going to share some of that with you. Uh, when we went to the country of Spain, we started a church in a, gra- in a, a garage the size of a Volkswagen. Really small, and I taught Sunday school in the living room, and I had five kids um, that were pretty much there all the time, and then I'd have visitors, and these five kids gave me my gray hairs. They were a challenge. I've been in the church all my life and taught Sunday school many years in different places, but these kids, wow, they gave me a lot of trouble when I would go. To Sunday school, I would take a little bag, and I would just bring different things out. I would really study and pray and fast about Sunday school and spend hours trying to give them something good from God. And they would just criticize me. They would say, you don't speak Spanish very well. And they would say, you didn't say that right. And they would tell me, you are not telling this Bible story right. And I would have my Bible every time, and I would read this story in Spanish. So they knew it was from the Word of God. But they would just complain. And I said, the reason that you think this is not right is because you're watching Hollywood version, and that is not of God. This is the truth. So I am telling you the truth. They did not like my snacks I took. The two older boys would fist fight. The three youngers would whine and cry and tell on me and just do horrible things, and I just felt like, man, I'm not getting anywhere with these kids. Are they even learning anything? So after three years, we uh, had to come back to the States to deputize, and we told the people we had to resign the church, and there's one boy, you'll see his picture in a few uh, minutes, named Josue. He was a ringleader. He was my worst kid in the class, and he came up to us after service crying. He said, I don't want you to leave. I don't understand why you're leaving. I, I want you to stay. I have learned so much from you. And he showed me a folder of Sunday school lessons I had taught him for those three years. He had saved every lesson. Sometimes we give up on these kids and we think they're not listening. They're not getting it. But behind the scenes, God is doing his part. And you don't know what God is going to do with someone. You just put them in, their, in God's hands. And people too, adults too. We just do our part, and he does his part. After we left, uh, there was a conference there. We were not there. But Josue, my troublemaker, took two of of his friends from school, and those two boys got the Holy Ghost. So God changed my troublemaker into a soul winner. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Amen. We'll go ahead and start our presentation tonight and just share with you where we have been. We're going to take you there and just share our burden with you tonight. Thank the Lord. We like to start with our family. Many like to know about our family. We have a son named Philip. He lives in Longview, Texas. He's uh, 20 years old, aviation mechanic. He loves his sister. You can tell she likes it to be hugged by him. And Amanda is 20. Uh, she just graduated from Indiana Bible College she's gonna get married in August so our family's growing yay we were in Nuevo Laredo Mexico right there on the border of Texas and Mexico for 11 and a half year years pastored that in that building up there for a while Texas Bible College students built came down and built that building in 10 days 15 young men it's a beautiful church. You see the ceiling fans, tin roof, open doors, open windows. You get, it gets really hot in the summer and cold in the winter, but they love to worship the Lord like this. Thank you, Lord. And from Mexico, we went to Spain. We went to the city uh, called Salamanca, two and a half hours west of Madrid. Beautiful city in Spain. Beautiful country. Europe is very pretty. Spain is very beautiful. Just a beautiful country. We, from the garage, we moved to that building. Those are some of the people that were in our church. They're still there, uh, those people there. There's Josue, the troublemaker, turned into a soul winner. And that's our little Bubba. That's El Cid. I've written a book about him. You can read about him later. We baptized people in Salamanca in a kiddie swimming pool when it was cold. Went to the river, baptized people there in the ocean, but always in the name of Jesus. No other name but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not only did we pastor a church, but my husband was supervisor over 11 churches. So we would do traveling in our district. On one Sunday morning in Bilbao, we had a service in a in a bar. It was closed to the public, and we had an awesome service there. Wherever the Lord opened the doors, that's where we go. And the devil had it long enough, so it was our turn. We worked with a, a Filipino church for six months while we were in Madrid we worked hand-in-hand hand with Brother Markham in Portugal, had many seminars, taught seminars with him. So we stayed really busy while we were there in Spain. Many people received the Holy Ghost. Spain is in revival. We counted it a privilege to have been working there. While we were there in our city in Salamanca, we had park services to reach out to brand-new people everybody likes to eat that was one way to reach them we won several young people that way on saturday evenings we had uh, services with sister rita and she is from portugal and we had services there with people from brazil in the language of portuguese and now we take you to bogota colombia or to colombia we were appointed there last march 2012 and this is a beautiful city of Bogota, Colombia. There are 10 million people in that one city. We got to visit Bogota uh, this la- in March, just a few months ago. And my husband and I and the president of the churches and his wife stood up there and prayed over that city. For God to give us souls in that city. We have four Bible colleges in Colombia. We got to visit the one in Cali. There's been Bible colleges for 30 years, hundreds, thousands of students have gone through those doors and are now pastoring, evangelizing, Sunday school teachers, musician, altar workers working in God's kingdom. We have visited Columbia twice, so we've gotten to visit many of the churches. These are just a few of the pictures of the churches in Columbia. Uh, on the way to church one day, we had a coffee break. We just stopped for a coffee break. Colombians love their coffee. Hey, we have plantations. Their coffee will curl your hair. It is good stuff. It'll get you going. And that, the good part, their food, they eat a lot of chicken. They'll put uh, gloves on their fingers eat the chicken. They eat a lot of soup. If you're lucky, you'll get a chicken foot in your soup. I have not been lucky. My husband has. Thank you, Jesus. They eat a lot of rice, fried bananas, a lot of soup, a lot of fruit. They eat very healthy, very delicious food. Spain, they eat baby squid and octopus. That's really gross. But Spain, they had McDonald's and we do too in Colombia. Hallelujah. Thank God for McDonald's. We eat a lot of fresh fruit, Fruit, just very good fruit, food in Colombia. What we love most are the people. Made a lot of friends while we were there. They're our family. They consider us their, their parents. They said missionaries have always been their parents. Uh, we have thousands of children. I just hope they don't ask for money at the same time amen beautiful beautiful people they're very sweet very passionate they love the lord they love the word of the lord Uh, they love to be in church all day long their children do too they just are awesome people they haven't had a missionary for 15 years we're their first missionary for 15 years and we are so excited and ready to get back and work with them this is a building this is a church that brother and sister thompson one of the first missionaries to columbia started uh over probably 45 years ago we got to visit it in march and we were so excited the building was full to the brim. the windows were open and people were outside beautiful beautiful service this is a common sight in columbia it's not our she's she's for christ vehicle thank you i don't have to drive a donkey the evenings you can go downtown and go to little plazas and uh, feed the birds they love to feed the birds they were determined that I feed the birds I don't like birds I do love Colombians but not their birds This next lady, Senora, is Senora Tripita Deliciosa. She does children's services. She almost burnt down the church in Barcelona, but nine children got the Holy Ghost. You see the beautiful smiles of the Colombians. They are so awesome and friendly. Even their animals are friendly. He's smiling at you. And that's a freebie. And Jesus loves the little children. They're so precious. In Colombia, we have thousands of children that live on the street. And if they're not one or somebody takes them in, they end up in gangs. I'm talking little kids. And we want to go and we want to have crusades and reach out to these little children while they're little. Thank you, Jesus. And this is one of our little choirs singing how big and marvelous God's love is. Also working on projects for uh, when we go back to Colombia we're gonna restart the Bible College in Bogota so we'll need equipment computers chairs etc so if you'd like to help you can talk to your pastor about that we have forms at the back for that and we also need the partners and missions you guys have helped us over the years with that hey we can't go to Colombia without your help recently our son took on his first partner in mission And after he took it on, he he doesn't have a big job, making lots of money. But when he went to work, his boss called him in his job and said, I'm giving you a 20% raise. Hey, God blesses when you take care of his people. And missions is one of his calls. God will bless. Thank you, Lord. We love the way they worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They're singing a song that says there's not two gods, there's not three gods, but there's one God. And then they began chanting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. In this service, four people received the gift of the Holy Ghost while we were there in March. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. You can visit our table after service. My husband's mentioned the items for sale, the Bible pages. They look beautiful in a frame. He wrote a book about our time in Mexico, many miracles that God did i wrote a book about a little chihuahua the one you saw and his mission in in spain and we have our project jug for our uh, office equipment when we get to bogota and we have a saying that we we love some give by going others go by giving and we say thank you so much for letting us share our burden with you tonight god bless you
1: can we just lift our hands and thank the lord for what he's doing. Amen. For just a few minutes tonight, I'd like to speak on the subject from death to life. We were all dead in sins and trespasses, but Jesus came and gave us life. Ephesians 2 and 1 says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. John 10 and 10 says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We were all dead in sins and trespasses. It doesn't matter how good some of us were. It doesn't matter how bad some of us were. We still needed a Savior. We still needed to be saved. We can think about the resurrections. We can think about the resurrections that Jesus did in the New Testament. We can think about Jairus' daughter. She's there upon her bed. She's only been dead a few moments' time I would imagine that her mother is on the side of the bed holding her daughter's hand a few seconds longer, giving one last kiss, one last embrace, maybe running her fingers through her daughter's hair one last time. The warmth is still in her body. The color is still in her cheeks. But she's very beautiful. Even though she's dead, she's very beautiful. But it doesn't matter how beautiful she is. She's dead and she needs Jesus. We can think about Lazarus. He's been in the tomb for several days. Everyone who loves Lazarus in this world is gathered outside the tomb. Jesus comes along and says, roll the stone away. And one of those who was there who probably loved him more than anyone else says, now wait a minute, Lord. He stinks. Nobody wants to go up to Lazarus and give one last kiss, one last embrace. But it doesn't matter how bad Lazarus is. He needs Jesus. It doesn't matter how good people are. They still need a Savior. It does not matter how bad people are. They still need to be saved. Everybody in this world needs to be saved. Everyone in this world needs to repent of their sins, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. When someone is dead, they need to be buried. What better place to be buried than in the waters of baptism with him, rising up into the newness of life by the power of the Holy Ghost. We had been in Mexico for several years. We started having revival. People started coming to church, drug addicts, alcoholics. The Lord set them free, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. One of the men in the church came to me and said, Pastor, please, Pastor, I would also like to teach Bible studies. I want to help to win more people for the church. He went out into the streets of the city, passing out tracts and inviting people to a Bible study he wanted to have in his home. And after a day or two, he came to me so excited, so happy. Oh, Pastor. I found a nice family. They said, they're going to come to my Bible study. Pastor, they're so nice. They're so well-educated. They're so well-dressed, well-mannered. Pastor, they make friends so easily. They could help us to fill up the church. I want to win the nice family. He went out, and he passed out more tracts looking for more people. And then a day or two later, he comes to me again. And this time, he's upset. He's angry. He's frustrated. He doesn't know what to do. Pastor, I want to win the nice family. Now, pastor, there's an old alcoholic named Estevan. Now he says he wants to come to the Bible study. Pastor, he's a hopeless, helpless, worthless alcoholic, and he will never listen. I want to reach the nice family. And he said, Pastor, Estevan is such a hopeless alcoholic. He's so in bondage of his alcoholism, so in love with his alcohol. He said, Pastor, even God in heaven can't help Estevan. Lazarus. Nobody wants anything to do with Lazarus. The stench of sin and death fill the atmosphere around him and nobody wants anything to do with him. But it doesn't matter how bad Lazarus is. He is dead and he needs the words of life. He needs Jesus. He starts his Bible study. The nice family that he was so worried about, they never came at all, not once. But his statement Every week, he's so excited, he's so eager, on time, ready to hear the Word of God, so excited, so many questions about the Word of God. That 10-week Bible study stretches out into six months because he has questions and wants to know about the Word of God. The disciples said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Lazarus is dead, and he needs the words of eternal life. He needs a Savior. He needs a Savior who can reach down and lift him up out of the pits of sin. People need to have Jesus in these last days. And it does not matter how bad they are. They still need to be saved. And there is still a God in heaven who can reach down today and save the lost. Goes to the Bible study, so excited, so happy. The disciples said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. People need the words of life in these last days. Amos said, There's going to be a a famine in the last days, not of bread, but a famine of the Word of God. People need truth in these last days. There's a famine of truth in these last days, God's Word. Staben came to church. He walked through the back door of the church. And church people looked at him. Church people saw the expression on his face, the anger, the bitterness. And church people were saying, ooh, this is one mean dude. And he's coming to our church, Lazarus. Nobody wants anything to do with Lazarus. But Staben kept coming to church. And there's something about an atmosphere that's charged with the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. There's something about a place where the Word of God is preached and the truth of God is preached. And I can remember so well just a normal, quiet, ordinary service. Sometimes people get the mindset that God can only move in an earthquake service or a whirlwind service. But the Lord is able to speak through a still, small voice. Whenever he wants to. Just a normal, quiet, ordinary service. And as made his way up to the front, he lifted up his hands. He didn't beg. He didn't plead. He didn't say, Oh God, I'm so terrible. I'm so horrible. He just began to worship the name of Jesus. Can we do that for a moment? He just began to worship. The Lord. He just began to praise the Lord. He just began to worship the name of Jesus. And in a few moments' time, the presence of the Lord filled that place. Esteban began to speak in other tongues. He began to speak in that heavenly language. God filled him with the Holy Ghost, delivered him, set him free. From one day to the next, Esteban became the most faithful member of the church. Lazarus came out of the grave. He was bound hand and foot. His face was covered. He could not see. Jesus said, loose him and set him free. There are some people in this world. They're bound with sins and terrible things, and Jesus can set them free. He can loose them. He can break the chains of bondage. Staben becomes the most faithful member of the church. And then Sister Gidry goes to visit Staben's wife. Her name is Chata. Chata's a nice lady. She's a good lady. People can go to her house when they're feeling down, when they're feeling sick. She would pray with them. Nice person. But you see, it doesn't matter how beautiful Jairus' daughter is. It doesn't matter how good some people are. We were all dead in sins and trespasses. And we all needed to be saved. Sister Gidry goes to visit Chata. Chatta welcomes her. Chata starts talking about the great miracle that the Lord has done in her husband's life. He doesn't get drunk anymore. He doesn't disappear anymore. He's there for his kids, there for his family, and on and on about how great the Lord is and what the Lord has done. And when Sister Gidry felt like the opportune moment had arrived, Sister Gidri said, Well, Chata, would you like to have the same Bible study that your husband Esteban had? And old Chata got so mad, so furious, so upset, Sister, let me tell you, I've got my own religion and I don't want anything to do with your church. And then she smiled and she said, but you know, sister, you can come and you can visit me as often as you want. Just remember, I don't want anything to do with your church. And week after week, Sister Gidry would come. Sister Chata would go to the door and see who it was. She saw who it was, and her face would drop, and she'd make an ugly face. And, now, sister, I've already told you I've got my own religion. I don't want anything to do with your church. Then she'd smile and say, come on in. And they could talk, and they could laugh and have such a great time. But every week, it's always the same story. I don't want anything to do with your church. Week after week after week, I don't want anything to do with your church. And finally, one week, Sister Chata says, Now, Sister, I've already told you. I don't want anything to do with your church. I've got my own religion. But, Sister, let's go ahead and let's have that Bible study. Jairus' daughter, Jesus had one commandment for the parents. Give her something to eat. There are people in this world, they've got their act together. They've got their life together. They don't do bad things. They just need something to eat. A good dose of one God, Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, anointed word of God. That's all they need. So now Chata starts having her Bible study. And all of these weeks and weeks, Esteban changed, delivered a good man, a godly man. Every week, he goes to the church early on Sunday afternoon. He'll open up the doors, open the windows. He'll mop the floors. He'll clean the restrooms. And week after week, his wife is watching him. And finally, after several weeks, she goes up to him and says, "Esteban, now you know I've got my own religion." And you know I don't want anything to do with your church. But Esteban, I don't mind going with you to your church and helping you to clean your church. Just promise me. Promise me. Promise me that you will get me back to the safety of my house before you people start all of your screaming and your hollering and your craziness. Get me home. So now every week, she goes and she helps to clean a church that she doesn't want anything to do with. And after she's gone a few weeks, she calls me one day, Pastor, now Pastor, you know I've got my own religion and you know I don't want anything to do with your church. But Pastor, your church building is ugly. Your church building is ugly, Pastor. Now, Pastor, if you want, I can make curtains for the windows. I can make flower arrangements. We can paint it and make it look nice. But just remember, Pastor, I don't want anything to do with your church. And then she makes the church so nice, so beautiful. The district calls us up. We're going to have a district rally at your church Ten churches are going to be there, maybe 200 people. And we're so excited, thinking of the fantastic service that we're going to have with all of those people. And then the district calls back a day or two later, Oh, don't forget, you've got to cook lunch for 200 people. And for our, in our house, for a couple of days, insanity fills the air because we don't know what to do to cook for 200 people. A day or two later, the news gets to Chata. She calls me. Now, pastor, you know I've got my own religion. And you know I don't want anything to do with your church. But, pastor, in my church, sometimes I cook for 400 or 500 people. So, pastor, I can cook for your 200 people. It's nothing. I can do it. I can help you. And, pastor, even both of my daughters said they would be glad to come and help me cook for your church. But just remember, Pastor, my daughters and I, we don't want anything to do with you crazy people. We go to the park. We have a park service. We've got the piano there. We're singing. We're worshiping the Lord. We're having a great time. There are other groups that are out there, and they're singing, and they're having church. But everybody in the park passes them by, and they come to the corner where we are, Because they feel something. The others, their people are dressed nicer. Their people sing better. Our people are the poorest of the poor. But people come to our corner because there's just something about when people that are called by his name worship that name of Jesus. The presence of the Lord was there. They felt something. People were crying. They wanted prayer. I looked at all of the church people. I said, did anybody... Bring tracks so that we can pass out to these people, give them the church address, and one by one they all said, Oh, no, Pastor, we didn't bring tracks. Well, guess who's there that day? Chata. And Chata reaches into her purse and she pulls out a big stack of our tracks. And she makes sure that everybody in the church sees that she's got tracks. She says, I have tracks, Pastor. All those times that she goes to clean the church, she's getting our tracks. And now Chata goes running through the park, passing out our tracks. And I still wonder today, what was she telling those people? Oh, here, I don't want anything to do with this church, but you need to come to this church. I don't know what she told him. So helpful. So kind. But it doesn't matter how good some people are. They still need to be saved. She calls one day. She's crying. She's upset. Pastor, please, you and your wife come to my house. Need to talk to you. We get there. She's upset. She's crying. She can barely speak. You'll never guess what she says. Now, Pastor, you know I've got my own religion. And you know. I don't want anything to do with your church. She starts crying more. She's shaking. She's upset. She can barely speak. And then she says, But, Pastor, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. She gets baptized in Jesus' name. The Lord fills her with the power of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how bad Lazarus is, Jesus can save him. It doesn't matter how beautiful Jairus' daughter is, she still needs a Savior. The years go by, their lives change. The moment comes when it's time for us to leave that place and go to the next place that the Lord would call us. And even though we had been there for many years, even though the people were the poorest of the poor, some of them couldn't read or write. Some of them lived in tar paper shacks, dirt floors, no lights, no running water. To us, they were still the most precious people that the Lord had bought with his blood. So we couldn't leave them with just anybody. We had to find a pastor who would love them and care for them and be there for them. So who did we leave the church with? Esteban. And all those years they've been in revival all of these years now as has been district presbyter district treasurer shot all these years she's been district ladies leader we turned over to them a group of about sixty people one mission outreach and now all of these years later they have about three mission outreaches and all of those mission outreaches are pastored by young men that used to be drug addicts used to be alcoholics They used to be like Lazarus, but one day Jesus came and gave them life. Now they have about 150 people. And you stop and you think all the revival that is happening there today is under the leadership of a man that years ago somebody looked at him and said even God can't help him. All around us every day there are people like Lazarus. It would be so easy to think they will never listen. And all around us on our jobs, our friends, neighbors, families, all around us there are people like Jairus' daughter. Nice people, good people. They don't hurt anybody. They don't do anything wrong. They do good things. And sometimes it would be so easy to stop and think, oh, they're so good, maybe they're okay like they are. But it doesn't matter how beautiful Jairus' daughter is. She's dead, and she still needs Jesus. It doesn't matter. Both extremes need to be saved. Can we just stand tonight and just close our eyes for a moment? Just lift up our hands. The Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Oh, that our prayer tonight would be That the Lord would give us a greater burden, a greater love, a greater anointing to go out to lift up our eyes and see the fields that they're white and ready to harvest. To go out into this world, this city, all around us and realize that there are Lazaruses out there. There are Jairus' daughters out there. They need to be saved. And if you're here tonight, if you need the Holy Ghost, it's not a difficult thing. You don't have to come. You don't have to beg and plead because it's a gift. He wants us to be filled with his presence. You don't have to say, oh, God, I'm so terrible. I'm so horrible. He already knows that. If you just come and just lift up your hands and begin to worship him and begin to praise him. He's there. Just love that name of Jesus. Just worship that name of Jesus. Just begin to love him all across this place. Can we just begin to love the name of Jesus as the pastor comes? Just begin to worship the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Let's worship him. We all need him. We all need him. Hallelujah. Why don't we gather in tonight? Let's, let's take a few moments and talk to the Lord. Can we do that? Everybody, everybody, we invite everyone to come. Let's Let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to the Lord for a little while tonight. We need him. We need him. We need him to help us, to lead us. Find those who need the Lord. We need God to give us a fresh burden, a fresh passion, a fresh desire to win the lost. Oh, let's
0: talk to the Lord, everybody. Let's talk.